1: Hi everyone, it's V here. This week we have another re-release. It's our episode all about form guides. Sort of an introduction to how to read a form guide for anyone who is a little bit unsure about, about how to decipher these little blurbs on horses that you find in race day books or on betting apps. Some of our more regular punters and race goers will be quite familiar with form guides. But for those who are just getting into racing, this is a really handy episode to listen to. Also really good for anyone who's going racing for like a work Christmas party. And, you know, it might be your first or second time to the races. This is perfect to prepare you for your uh, Christmas party. So a great one for that. And we use an example in I'm Thunderstruck. So you can find the resources for this episode on our social media, wherever you follow us. There will be a post further down our page from when we first released this episode with I'm Thunderstruck's form guide at the time. And you can go through that to see the breakdown of how we read these form guides. We also do quite a lot of form in this episode from Blue Diamond Day this year. And although the form isn't current... It's really interesting to listen back to because Grace is so fantastic at explaining why she is and why she isn't with a horse. And for this episode, it's obviously based all around what their form guide was telling us at the time. So uh, it's, it's still very interesting to listen back to the form preview just to see why she likes some horses and why she doesn't based on their form guides and that really teaches you I guess how to apply what you're reading in the form guide to your race day bets hope you enjoy this episode guys whether it's the first or second time you've listened to it and we'll see you back next week for another rerun field is ready they're racing in the oaks Hello and welcome to Ladies Who Punt episode 2. Thank you so much for tuning back in after episode 1 or if this is your first episode with us, welcome. We are so excited to have you. My name is Fiona Blair and I am joined by my co-host Grace Ramage. Hello Grace. Hello Fiona. Gee, it's good to
0: be back. It is. It's been a long week without Ladies Who Punt. Yes. I must firstly say... We've been thrilled with the feedback that we've received and we're humbled by how many people reached out to say that they're really into this new initiative and what we're trying to achieve here. And um, yeah, onwards and upwards for Ladies Who Punt, really excited about where we're going. And especially this episode, because last week, Fee, we learned all about how to bet, what Mm -hmm. betting is, how do we place different bet types.
1: Well, this week we are delving into... How do we know what to bet on? Yeah, so this week we are looking at form guides. And these can be pretty confusing to the general public. I mean, me as well. It's a lot of information in a very small space. And today we are going to be breaking a form guide down to what the information is trying to tell us. But
0: also then applying some of those elements into Saturday's race day. It's a massive race day. It's Blue Diamond Stakes Day at Caulfield, three group ones. It is one of the jewels in the crown of Melbourne's Autumn Racing Carnival. Fantastic day. Side note, if you're in Melbourne, definitely get to the track because there'll be a huge crowd, great weather. It's gonna be so much fun. But we want to arm you with all the information that you need to be full of confidence going into the races. So that's what we'll endeavor to do.
1: So this week we are at Caulfield, as you said, Blue Diamond Day. The Blue Diamond is one of Australia's premier two-year-old races, if not like one of the best two-year-old races in the world. So, so exciting. Can you tell us a little bit more about the race card, Grace?
0: Well, you've summed up the Blue Diamond itself. It's the feature race on the card. It's for the two-year-olds. A fascinating contest this year because there's no real clear front runner I suppose in terms of the betting or what we've seen from these two-year-olds in the past they've all only had a handful of starts and it's really hard to try and work out who might be coming out on top so fascinating race full of different opinions there the other two group one races on the program one of them is the futurity stakes uh, where we only see a small field take place but a star-studded event we'll get to that shortly and the third one is the oakley plate this Mm. is for the speedsters they burn the turf over 1100 meters and it's run under handicap conditions but again it's a widespread of money when you take a look at some of the early fluctuations Hopefully that means something to you now that we've dived into that a little bit in last week's episode. But yeah, it's a great contest. It is each and every year. So they're the three main races on the day. The rest of the card are stakes races as well. So there's quality everywhere.
1: It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great day and now let's get stuck into these form guides. So Grace, what is a form guide and how do they help us with our punting? Okay, so
0: form guides firstly come in all different shapes and sizes. Let's specifically talk about the ones, however, that you might pick up. If you go to Caulfield on Saturday, you walk through the front gate, they might hand you a form guide. That is your information booklet on every single horse in every single race that is running at Caulfield on Saturday. You can also pick up a Best Bets, for example, at the News Agent. They are printed weekly. They have the Bible to racing folk, uh, myself included. And when you take a look at what the form guide is telling you, it is information overload. There are Ooh. so many different numbers. There are so many different words. It's telling you a lot of different things. And if you do not understand how to read it, altogether or understand certain elements and what they're trying to tell you you might be missing the whole picture so what we're going to attempt to do is decode the form card um, and we'll get to an example in just a moment's time so that you can understand what it's trying to tell you and then you weigh up each and every horse in every race and you'll be full of confidence about who you think the winner is going to be.
1: Okay Grace I think it's time to get stuck into this example because I'm already starting to get a little (laughs) bit confused. Right so We
0: love cheat sheets on Ladies Who Punt and we've created a resource. Head to our social media platforms, as long as you're not driving, um, and take a look at what we've put on there because we are going to look at the favourite for one of our Group One features on Saturday, I'm Thunderstruck, who takes his place in race six on the program, the Futurity Stakes. And we're going to get stuck into understanding what the form card is trying to tell us about I'm Thunderstruck in the Futurity Stakes.
1: Okay, let me quickly pull up this cheat sheet so I can follow along with everyone else. And Grace, can you talk me through what I'm looking at?
0: I most certainly can. Let's take a look at the first page, Form Guides Explained. Number one, I'm thunderstruck. And if you look at any form guide, it's going to look a lot like this. Let's look at the next page. Just swipe across. Here we focus in on the horse's details so we've got the horse name the overall race record and the total prize money that I'm Thunderstruck has already earned.
1: Just on the overall race record Grace um, it's just like a bunch of numbers so for those who aren't looking <laughs> at the page it goes 10-6-0-2 what, what is that telling us? Yeah,
0: good point, V. Um, because if you're not used to looking at it over and over and over again, they are just a bunch of numbers <laughs> yeah. with a couple of hyphens in between. That's right. What it's telling you is that I'm Thunderstruck has had 10 starts, he has had 6 wins, he has had 0 seconds, and he has had 2
1: thirds. Okay, so this format that we're seeing with 10 starts, 6 wins, and 2 seconds, is that the format we're going to follow for all of those sorts of numbers throughout Uh, the form card.
0: It sure is. So we always have the first number being the overall number of starts, the second number being wins, the third number being second placings, and the fourth number being third placings. So if we swipe over to the next page, we get to horse stats and records. And this gives us a snapshot of holistically everything that this horse has done relating to the track, the distance. The going of the track and also where he's at in his preparation
1: yeah there's a lot of information here grace so when is his track does that mean any track or does that mean specifically Caulfield what what does that mean
0: so we have to remember that when we're looking at a form guide it is always related to the race that's being run on the day so in this case it is specific to Caulfield in terms of distance it is specific to 1400 meters they are the stats that are being represented
1: here And then so track and distance would be running at Caulfield over 1,400. That's his record there. That's exactly it. And so looking at the card, we can see he's had four starts at Caulfield over 1,400 metres and he's placed third twice. Is that right? That's correct. And it actually doesn't read very well. No.
0: Which is alarming because I really like this horse on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) That is alarming.
1: The stats aren't doing us any favours. The next thing I want to know about is what is firm, good, soft, heavy, and sin? What are they they referring to? Hmm, I knew that would
0: be uh, piquing your interest. Mm. Uh, So this is different types of track ratings. And we're going to discuss this in depth in a future episode of Ladies Who Punt because it's its own topic in itself. But they are essentially the different types of surfaces that you can race on. Firm and good are hard tracks, whereas soft and heavy are rain-affected tracks, and synthetic is an all-weather surface, which you only race on during winter.
1: Oh, right. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Let's move on to the third page. This one has a lot of information on it. What is it trying to tell us? So
0: this is giving us more detail, specifically about I'm Thunderstruck's recent performances. Now, we've got everything we need to know there, including the race name, the race conditions, the distance the track the finishing position we've even got the starting price of i'm thunderstruck which you'll note the f stands for favorite he has started favorite most of last preparation and how do i know that he's had one run this preparation that's what that bold blue line means you can see that he's had the one start back this campaign and last preparation where he started favorite on every occasion he won three races so Look, he's a very good horse, is what we are learning from this. Um, You can see the comments on the far right-hand corner. Excellent, excellent, strong, Mm. effort, sound return. He is a class runner, and uh, if you take a look at this page, it gives you all the detail that you need.
1: One thing that is drawing my attention, Grace, is the position and running at 800 and 400 metres. And even to a novice like me, what that is telling me is that thunderstruck likes to sit behind and come through pretty late through the field. Would that be right? You're right. He's a back marker
0: and he's got a booming finish.
1: Okay, Grace. So now we have a general idea of how to read a form card. It's time where I put you through your paces with the Glossary with Grace. <gasps> okay, so the Glossary with Grace is where we put a minute on the clock and we fire some common terms based on our topic form guides at grace and she has to answer them all in under a minute grace are you ready i am ready okay one minute on the clock let's go first up Uh,
0: First up is a horse's first run back from a spell, first run for the preparation. Second up. Uh, The same as first up, but second. So second run back from a spell, second run for the preparation. And what's a spell? A spell is a break for a horse to be out in the paddock where he has not raced for more than two months. So 60 days between runs. Freshen. Okay, freshen is when you have had a gap from racing of less than 60 days, less than two months. So maybe six weeks between runs is a freshen resumes resumes is exactly the same as first up a horse is resuming from their spell first run back for the campaign up in class Uh, this is where a horse is in a higher level of competition based on their last start back in class Uh, so you're dropping back in grade back in terms of level of competition weights Uh, weights is what the horse has to carry and what the horse has been allocated to carry in terms of the class of the race and also his overall rating well done grace very good i'm not sure it was that was actually (laughs) wow it just goes to show fiona that there are so many things uh in this industry that are so hard to make sense of and to explain really concisely but i suppose that's the whole point of this podcast
1: okay grace time to apply all of our learnings for saturday at caulfield where are we going to start
0: i think we should start in race two on the card fee this is a 1400 meter mares race it's a group three level so stakes class mares it's called the mannerism stakes Now, in this race, there is a short price favourite by the name of Flying Mascot. She is odds-on, currently $1.85. But there is a horse by the name of Rich Hips, horse number one, that I really like. Why do you like her? Okay, looking at her form card, if you go and take a look at her first-up record, she has had five first-up runs for three wins. Mm. She's had no minor placings, but three wins from five starts – is a really good first up record record. it is what you want to see when you've got a horse that's resuming which is exactly what rich hips is on saturday and to make it even better she actually won this race last year first up again Mm. so so major deja vu major deja vu we also can take a look at her distance record for 1400 meters she's had 12 attempts for five wins and one third placing. Again, it's telling us that she loves 1400 metres. She's only won seven races, which you can see when you look at her overall race record. Five of those seven wins have been at 1400 metres. This is her distance Mm -hmm. and she loves racing first up. So for me, and I know she's already been really well backed in early markets, she's into $5.50 now. I still think that's a really good price to take about a quality mare who gets
1: conditions to suit based on her form guide. Race two, we like rich hips, and let's move right along to the next race. Grace, where are we going? We're going to take a look at race
0: four on the program. This is over the same distance and for female horses again, but this time it's for three-year-olds only, so it's restricted to fillies. Over 1,400 metres, again, a group two. This is the Angus Armanasco Stakes. And we've got a short price favourite again, who I'm a little bit hesitant about. Her name is Argentia. Why are you hesitant, Grace? So if we take a look at her form card and we can see where it lists the barrier, she's drawn barrier one. That is the inside gate. It's a field of 13. Now, this filly, Argentia, she was so impressive winning first up last start. That was at Caulfield over 1,200 metres. So the same track, but over a slightly shorter distance, 1,200 metres. It was almost the win of the day. That's Mm. how impressive it was. And she is a regally bred filly. Mark Zara is riding her as he did last start. Anthony and Sam Friedman have always loved this filly and thought that she could be a superstar. Barrier one is not ideal.
1: Why, what's what's going on in barrier one?
0: Last start, she drew barrier 11. She settled at the rear of the field. So again, if you look at the form card, you can see that she settled 11th and then 11th again from the 800 and the 400 mm, position in running. Okay. So she was able to get into clear galloping room. Now from barrier one, uh, it makes it difficult for horses to be able to get clear galloping room if you think about jumping from the inside barrier and all those horses that are drawn outside of you just coming and sort of smothering you up a little mm. bit barrier one can be great for horses that settle on speed or close to the speed but for genuine back markers like argentia and i'm thunderstruck from our example it's almost the worst possible barrier it now, makes
1: it a lot more tricky it a sounds lot like.
0: more tricky you just rely on luck in running a lot of the time mm. and that can happen the seas can part and they can get the run when they need it but other times I mean we've all we've all seen it on a number of occasions when a favorite is just pocketed away to the inside can't get a run and is an absolute horror watch so I think Argentia is clearly the best filly in this race, but barrier one just makes me cautious. I don't want to take the short price about her. I'm not convinced that she's going to get every opportunity to win the race while she's probably got the most ability. So that's where you can look at the form guide and say, hmm, this might not work out Mm. to her
1: advantage. Yeah. Okay. So we're not confident with Argentia. Who do you like in this race?
0: Well, there's a filly by the name of Forbidden City, horse number 10, who was a last start winner by eight lengths. Mm. When you go and look at the finer detail of her form, you'll see that was an ultra impressive victory at Sandown. Yes, it was against lesser competition, but while Argentia might be at the back of this 13-horse field, I expect Forbidden City to be right on speed and she'll be given every opportunity to go really well in this race. At around $8, I think she might represent some value and might be worth a little bit.
1: So we like Forbidden City in race four. Let's move right along to the next race, Grace. Which one are we looking at?
0: We're going to look at race five. Now, this is over 1,800 metres. It's called the Petey Young Stakes, and it's a group two event. We've got eight horses here to contest this race. And the favourite is horse number one, Cascadian. This is trained by James Cummings to be ridden by Damien Oliver. Again, Barrier 1, but I'm not as concerned about Barrier 1 for Cascadian, especially because uh, it's only an 8-horse field rather than a 13-horse field. So, you know, there's just not as much distance between the first horse and the last horse. And also that Cascadian has proven in the past that he can take up a more forward position in the race. Mm -hmm. So Barrier 1, no knock for Cascadian. However... I do have one knock for Cascadian when I take a look at his form and that is that second up race record, seven attempts in races, second up in a preparation for zero wins, two second placings zero third placings again it's just one of those things it doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in you mm. look i'm not saying the cascadian and argentia in the last race that we discussed i'm not saying they're not the winners but i'm just saying that it makes it a little bit more cloudy when you really drill down into the form yeah. and see some things that you know just mean that it might not work out the way that the market is seeing it and cascadian is a short price favorite Not really sure where the winner comes from, to be honest, outside of him. A horse like Delphi we know has got a lot of class. He's a former imported stayer where he's at first up in his preparation. I'm not sure he might need this run to get fitter. It's a race that I don't want to bet into because I cannot be confident that Cascadian, second up out to 1800 metres, I'm not sure that this is the right setup for him.
1: So when we look at the form, we obviously want to be getting lots of text on all of the stats where it's, it's meeting their ideal conditions and we don't want too many question marks. In... There's,
0: and there's been a lot of question marks so far, mm. but I promise you, the
1: ticks are coming. I'm so excited to hear about all of these ticks because we've been a little bit negative so far <laughs> this episode. But let's just take a quick break and get to our first ever listener question. <gasps> This section is pretty self-explanatory. We're going to listen to a question from one of our listeners who's sent it in to our socials. Please feel free to send us some questions. We love to hear them. Um, so let's get into today's question.
0: Hi, ladies. Thanks for your podcast. It's really informative. I do have a question. Just wondering what track ratings mean and how do they affect the horse and therefore how does that affect my bet.
1: Thanks. That is a great question. And Grace, I'm just going to jump in quickly with what I know, and then maybe you can fill in the gaps. Sure. Okay. Track rating. So that is how the track is rating in terms of its moisture level. As we discussed earlier, we go from a firm to a good, to a soft, to a heavy. So a firm tracks very hard and makes the races run faster. A soft track is probably had a little bit of rain and then a heavy track is what we would call a bog. So it's really (laughs) like saying heavy. It's very hard to get through. It slows horses down. But what we find when we look at a horse's form is that some horses love a heavy track. And some horses hate a heavy track, just like some horses love a firm track, some horses hate a firm track. So it's really important to take the track rating and the information we have on a horse's preferred track into account when we are looking to put on a bet.
0: You have absolutely nailed that, Fee. Oh my gosh, amazing. It is exactly as you've described it. The other thing is, Fee, that you actually have number ratings. So when we're talking about a good track, you can be either a good three or a good four. Then the next rating is a soft five or a soft six or a soft seven. Then we get into heavy tracks. Heavy eight, nine, ten is a swamp. (laughs) so that is sort of how it works if you see a soft seven you know that it's pretty rain affected if you see a good three you know that there's hardly any moisture in the track Mm.
1: okay no more spoilers because we are actually going to go in depth with tracks next week so we'll leave it there for now let's go straight back into our racing grace what race are we looking at next
0: Okay, let's go straight to the first of our Group 1 features. It is Race 6, the Futurity Stakes, over 1,400 metres for the Group 1 weight for age horses. So these are, are multiple Group 1 winners in this event. And we've got an eight-horse field to line up for this race. We've Seems all, quite small. It is a small field, Fee, only eight horses to run in this race. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I am quite keen on the winning chances Of I'm Thunderstruck, the horse that we used uh, as our example when we were looking and dissecting the form guide at the start of the show. Now, I'm Thunderstruck is trained by Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. He's going to be ridden by Jai McNeil. He is second up in this campaign and he contested the CFO stakes last start. Now, I know his second up
1: stats don't read particularly well as we discussed earlier, but I'm just going to ignore those. Wait, hold on. That's why we went off the last horse. So why are we ignoring it this time? (laughs) So
0: sometimes the stats just don't tell you the whole picture and you need to be able to interpret them. Um, Thunderstruck's only had two attempts at a second up run. He's only relatively lightly raced. He's a four-year-old gelding. And I just know that he just didn't put in the best of his ability on those two occasions. So I'm not reading too much into that. I know that he's a better horse than what that represents. So we're ignoring his poor second up record. But going back to the size of the field, I think that's really relevant here. I'm Thunderstruck, as we noticed in our example. He likes to settle at the rear of the field. Mm. And I expect him to do that again from barrier seven. But there's only eight horses in the race. So what that tells me when I'm looking at the race is that he's not going to be too far back so that he can't win. In huge field sizes, sometimes horses are... 10, 12 lengths off the leader and it is just physically impossible for them to make up the ground and win the race. So for me, when it comes to backmarkers, smaller field sizes are a big tick that they can be close enough and within striking distance to win the race. Also, I think that there is more speed in this race than he faced two weeks ago in the CFO stakes where he powered from the back of the field to finish fifth behind Tafani who he meets again here but on that occasion Tafani led and led at a slow tempo there's more speed horses in this race so I expect that Tafani will find herself in a speed battle and it's going to set it up for those horses that might be just off the speed or further back in the field so When I'm looking at the race shape here and taking a look at the overall field size, it gives me a lot of confidence that I'm Thunderstruck doesn't have too much to do to win this race.
1: Okay, so we like I'm Thunderstruck in the first of the group ones. Now, Grace, why aren't we talking about the Blue Diamond, the (laughs) the main race of the day? Great question. And it is
0: purely because the Blue Diamond stakes is for two-year-olds. And most of these two-year-olds have only had one or two starts There are so many unknowns when it comes to two-year-old racing that the form guide doesn't really give you a lot of information. It's not a big enough sample size for each Mm. of the runners to actually give you confidence or to make you hesitant one way or the other. It's purely based on watching race replays. And, you know, just getting that general feel for a horse and what they might be able to do so early on in their campaign. So for this episode and for the whole idea of decoding form guides, the Blue Diamond Stakes, while it might be our feature race, is just not a very good reference point.
1: (laughs) That is a great point, Grace. And let's move right along to the next race, the Group 1 Oakley Plate over 1,100 metres. So this is
0: the third and final Group 1 on the card and it is for the sprinters 1100 meter contest what's great about this race is that it is a handicap now don't be alarmed if you don't know what that means because in a future episode we will be explaining different types of races what a handicap race means what a weight for age race means what are the different ratings races that are available to any horse that's racing here in Victoria. But for now, all you need to know is that handicap races mean that there is a really big weight spread depending on a horse's rating. So here for this race, we've got 13 horses. The top weight, Wild Ruler, he's a group one winner last preparation. He's got the top weight of 58 kilograms, All the way down to the bottom, we've got two autumn three-year-olds, ingratiating and general bow. They're on 50 kilos. So that's an eight kilo weight spread between the fields and it makes for a thrilling contest. Mm. When we take a look at the Oakley plate, there are plenty of things for us to dissect and things that jump out immediately to me, which I can then explain to you guys. The first one is the favorite Marabi. Now she is undefeated. She's only had six starts in her career, but she's never been beaten. So automatically overall race record reads six starts for six wins. You literally don't get any better than that. (laughs) However, if you take a look at her detailed information in her form, when it comes to the recent race performances, you'll see that she's never contested a group one before. Now to me, that Means something. She's and gone up
1: in class from our she's, glossary.
0: She's up in class, exactly. So she's absolutely passed every challenge that she's been put in so far. She's been undefeated. She has done nothing wrong. But there is still something to be said in going from a group to over twelve hundred meters now to a group one Oakley Plate over eleven hundred meters, where you're meeting group one winners or proper stakes horses that have been set for this race. Mm. So I just think Morabi might be a little bit short in the market. She's our current favourite. I still think she can win. Now, are you ready to go to another layer of form analysis?
1: I think so. I think we're ready. We've covered a lot of the basics. Let's let's sink our teeth into it, Grace. Let's
0: do that. So going back to the weights and how we were just discussing the weight spread in this race. If you could take a look at two horses in this field, Marabi, who we've just mentioned, she's carrying fifty-four kilograms in this event. There's another horse trained by the same trainers, Kiramara and David Eustace. So, so Marabi's stablemate. Her name is Away Game. She is carrying fifty-two kilos in this race. Mm. So Marabi carries two kilos more than Away Game. But fee two starts ago, these two horses raced against each other in a listed race on Boxing Day at Caulfield, so track and distance, over 1,100 ah, metres right. as well. On that occasion, Marabi carried 54 kilos, so the same weight she carries here, but away game carried 58.5 kilos. Oh, Wow. So now you consider that on that occasion, a weigh game carried four and a half more kilos than Marabi finished second to her that day. Mm-hmm. Now a weigh game drops two kilos on Marabi. Mm-hmm. That is a six and a half kilo weight swing. Wow, that okay. is pretty significant, yeah. especially when we're talking about fillies or mares. Mm-hmm. To me, that means that away game is extremely well-weighted in this Oakley Plate. She is a multiple stakes winner. She never runs a bad race. She just keeps fronting up and credit to the trainers. They've kept her up for so long. She's freshened in between races and she always she always comes and gives her all. And I just think that at $10, maybe the market hasn't quite factored in that weight swing yet on murabi I'm not saying murabi isn't going to win because she might just take this next challenge in her stride as well. But at $10, a weigh game is one that's really standing out to me in
1: this field. Yeah, we were pretty light on early in the race card, but you're really bringing it home now, Grace. I told you I would. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're going to wrap up our form analysis for Blue Diamond Day at Caulfield this Saturday, we've looked at all of the races with an emphasis on form, and Grace has given us a few good options going into Saturday. But I
0: mean, if you have now got a greater understanding of what a form guide is telling you, please go and pick one up, whether it be a Best Bets at the News Agent or online or on your Sports Bet app or at the races. And give it a go yourself because now that you've been armed with the information you need to decode the form guide, it's all up to you to be able to form your own opinion.
1: Next week's episode is Track Talk. We'll be going more in depth about track ratings. We'll look at different track shapes and what that can mean, track bias and patterns and different running rail positions.
0: Wow, there is plenty in that episode. Cannot wait to get stuck into it. And don't forget that if you do have a question, something that you still find a little bit confusing from what we've discussed in an episode, make sure that you send it through for us to answer in our next episode. You can DM them to us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at Ladies Who Punt. And also, we'd love for you to leave us a review and subscribe to the show.
1: And as always, please share the podcast with your friends. This is the best way you can support the show. And until next week, enjoy a massive day of racing for Blue Diamond Day at Caulfield. So exciting. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Grace.
0: Thanks, Fee, And we will catch you next week on Ladies Who Punt.